3: Third down and one. Halfway through the third quarter, here we are, lining up for the Tush Push in honor of Kelsey. And for the moment, there's Comet on
0: top of of him. Kyle Comet is right there. Comet showing, and that's a first and goal. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score, and on 670 The Score.com in Odyssey Station.
4: Get up on this little tush-push action for Colt Komet. I mean, I I know. I I sound like the old guy talking about get off my lawn. But I thought to myself in that moment, I'm like, is it worth the risk to have Colt Komet taking the snap from under center? Is it worth that risk? Or can't you just get the same result from pushing Tyson Bates, who's also like 6'3", 220, pushing him in, a guy who actually does that for a living every single, like, you know, I don't know.
1: I don't want to get on a tangent. I, I, like, do you want him pushing or do you want him having the ball? That's why I don't know what to do with the tush push. No, no. I, I, I don't want him taking this. The,
4: I don't want him receiving the the, the snap from under center. Because that's not something he does
1: all the time. That's a fumble waiting to happen.
4: That's what I'm saying. So is it worth the risk, like, to get that one yard? Is it worth the, the potential probability of a botched snap when you could just have Bajan do it and then, like, that get pushed first the probability of that not working oh, i don't know it's my again my gripe with luke getsy but i i continue and I, I i give the floor to you the listener the caller 312-644-6767 it's gabe ramirez it's 670 the score it's a plumbers nine one one. football monday on a friday bears defeat the carolina panthers 16 to 13 we got a full slate ready for you guys today of course I am hanging out with you for another hour. That is when Dustin Rhodes takes over with the pregame show. Then after that, Mully and Haw got some great guests for you. Olin Kreutz jumps on the show at 7 a.m. with the fellas, and I he literally handed it off to me. But Zach Zayman, Olin Kreutz, and Patrick Manley they were going out till midnight. So Olin Kreutz getting back up in the morning that's awesome. Joe Ford and Bow is gonna be hanging out at 7:45. Then DJ Moore. He's going to be jumping on with the fellas at 8, and Brad Biggs rounds it out at 9 a.m. Then, uh, excuse me, then Bernstein and Holmes, they jump on with Anthony Heron at 11, then Tim Jenkins at 1, and then Parkins and Spiegel. They have three great guests for you. Kevin Fishbane hanging out at 125, Dan Weederer at 4, and then Jalen Johnson hangs out with the fellas at 5 p.m., so make sure you set your alarms for that. But, again, if you miss it, uh, you can download that Odyssey app. And check out the podcast version of each show so you can catch up on everything you missed. But in the meantime, let's chat with you. I want to hear what your thoughts are thoughts on this Bears game, thoughts about the performance of the defense, thoughts about Luke Getze, who, as every week passes, I just am less and less enamored with his skill set. Uh, but what do you think? 312, 644, 6767. Let's go to Allen out in Antioch. So Alan, how do you feel about this Bears victory? How do I feel about the Bears? Well, I'm happy we won this game. This is the only
5: game of the year that I I want us that I wanted us to win. Because obviously we all know the implications by beating Carolina. It's like a double dip. They have a better chance of getting the number one pick for us. So this was a must win game. Before this game started, I went into this with the mind thought of all right, I do this thing. Now don't laugh. I do this thing where I like the I like to make believe that I'm the general manager. Okay. So I stand in my living room and I pace back and forth like I'm Ryan Poles and I observe everything because I'm making sure I'm making moves for next year. If Matt Eberflus is not able to get this team up out of their on their butt off their butts and step up at home and beat the worst team in the NFL when it is detrimental to our franchise's future that we beat this team. That he would have been fired tomorrow if we lose to this team, because I understand making some strategical moves where maybe if we lose, it's kind of the better thing. You know, we're not tanking, but at the same time, maybe we're you know we're we're resting people strategically because we don't want them to get injured. And if we you know we're like playing Bealish Jones, hey, the kid needs experience, but if he's bad, it's not the end of the world because we're, if we lose, we get you know we're helping our stock. But this is a must win. There's no reason why we shouldn't do this, so we gave up the special teams fine, I don't like that I'm thinking all right, and again i had I'm sitting there with my plus three parlay bears plus three I'm thinking I should have just i should have thrown in the fourth parlay of like panthers minus two because I would have gotten good value, but I went for the plus three anyways, that's neither here or there. The fact that we gave up no touchdowns, that's a step in the right direction all right i the, the only sixteen thirteen. That's not really something to be bragging about. I don't like when everyone's, you know, smiling and jumping up down and down, be like, "What a great win!" They get right, up, right. Because know? Alan,
4: Alan, you almost lost, and then imagine the press conference you would have had in the living room if, if the Bears would have oh, actually okay. lost, you would have been yelling at your dog. It would have been crazy.
5: Oh no, it, it's, it's my fireplace. I just yelled at the fireplace. I don't have any dogs. Uh, but it's, I would have been, I would have been upset. Look, look. The bottom line is, we won the game. That's good. We barely won the game. So what does that say about us? But. Also, you kind of deduce the the special teams touch on, not as a fluke, but we, you know, I think of, really we should have won this game, 16 to six, maybe 16 to nine, and that's a good defensive performance. That's what you should do to the worst team in the NFL is you give up no offensive touchdowns to them and and to the quarterback. So that's so that's what I'm happy about. I also wanted to say that at halftime, I was wondering if you think the whole uh, if the tush push if that's what Ibraflus was talking about when he had something up his sleeve. I wonder if he was like thinking his head, like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna do a tush push and everyone's gonna go crazy, you know. I can
4: like. I hope I just, that's not what he, he. I hope that's not what he was talking about, Alan. I gotta I was, be honest.
5: I was waiting for it. I just picture him on the sideline telling Justin, "Hey, Justin, Justin, watch this, watch this, just, just, just watch, just watch." And then Cole Cabot lines up and they do the tush push and then they get the first down. and He goes, "Ha ha!" Uh, I, I told yeah.
4: you. <laughs> he's I told like saying, you.
5: "I bet they all love that on uh, Amazon." Alan, like, it, you know. was a, it
4: was it a, was a very cringe moment when when they yeah. interviewed uh, Ibrflus and he and he gave that little line with a smirk on his face it was super cringe but it happened nonetheless but let me wait alan because i like alan the gm uh what does alan the gm think about the quarterback situation for the bears um the
5: quarterback situation i am i you could put my chips in the pile of i am looking to draft caleb williams if he's available i'm gonna give you some reasons why okay i think he has the potential to be a better quarterback than justin fields I think that having Tyson Bajant and Caleb Williams on two cheap deals next year is beneficial for us. I do not think Justin Fields is capable of taking us to a Super Bowl. Maybe he might take us to a couple of playoff appearances, but that's it. And signing him to a second-year contract when he's not going to give us the ultimate production we're looking for just doesn't make sense. Two plus two is seven. That's what you're telling me if you're going to do that. Yep. All right. um, I, I, right. I'm looking to trade him while hopefully, obviously you want to trade him all stocks high. You're going to have to trade him this year. I'd be looking to move him. You're looking at key teams like I'm going to be calling the Jets, right? I'm going to be calling the Giants, especially the Giants, because Dable loves running his quarterback. He loves he loves rolling out Daniel Jones. If you saw what he was doing with Daniel Jones, he'd love to be doing that with Justin Fields and have him and Saquon doing RPOs and, and, and doing that. So I'm calling, the, I'm calling the Jets. I'm calling the Giants. What do you think you're gonna get
4: for him? What, you're the GM. What do you think you're gonna get for him?
5: Well, first of all, we're No, 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 no,
4: no, 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 no. not first of all, me. What, what what do you think you're gonna get for him? You're the GM. I think I'm
5: probably, you have I, a, well well first all, well, if I'm the GM, I'm asking for a second, but I think okay. I'm gonna have to settle that's for a I think I think I'm gonna have to settle for a fourth,
4: maybe. Oh <laughs> fourth round pick. That's 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 too low. Justin Fields will at least get you a second. I hope. It's Gabriel a six seventy score, taking your phone calls. Reactions to the Bears victory, three one two, six forty-four, sixty-seven, sixty-seven. Were you walking around yelling at your fireplace after the game, trying to figure out what to do with this squad? Let's be very clear though, Alan. You're not the only one that walks around and thinks to the GM of the Bears. Everyone is making fictional trades and 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 ridiculous scenarios. So so don't, don't think that you're, you know, too far out there. You're right, actually right on point. Uh, but they did barely win. You were talking about firing Iberflus If, if they would have lost, they 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 barely won. Uh, but if you would have heard Iberflus talking, you would think that they just you know, <laughs> he smoothed it over, man. That's all I gotta say. He smoothed it over. Uh, Velus Jones wasn't active yesterday, so that was good. You know, I think they made the right decision there. And then the pun return for a touchdown. I think a lot. I think a lot of people are gonna forget the fact that you know the offense did give themselves some space after starting on the one-yard line, right? It began with the, with the Baygent little, you know, scrum up the middle for a couple of yards, and then they did convert, convert a couple of first downs uh, to get themselves some space. And then you started thinking to yourself, I was thinking, I'm like, Trenton Gill, like this is a guy that came over from the Khalil Mack trade. You know, this is one of the draft picks that the Bears use on him. And then you're like, damn, I feel like every other punter, like, I don't know, they just kick the hell out of the ball. And Gill, I know he has some good stats, but just in that moment, something felt wrong. I don't know what it was. Just didn't feel right. And then, sure enough, there was a missed tackle, and the guy goes, and then you're like, no, he's not. No. <laughs> and then he does. Huh. Maybe you got to fire the, the special teams coach after that one. Uh, but we're taking your phone calls 312 644 6767. Let's go out to Uber John. So, John, what did you see from Tyson Bajan today? I mean, because, you know, I pointed it out. And, again, this is not to say that Tyson Bajan is better than Justin Fields. It's simply pointing out a statistic, which is that Tyson Bajan had no interceptions and did not get sacked once. So, zero and zero there. Clean sheet. Justin Fields has never had a game with zero interceptions and zero sacks. Well, I I don't think –
6: if uh, Bajan has any confidence in himself. He's normally very
4: accurate.
6: And, uh, boy, that ball is all over the place, except to the receivers. That's it.
4: Thanks for the call, John. I appreciate it. I mean, I think a lot of people are talking about Bajan's confidence, right? Whether it is his desire to get D.J. Moore the ball, right, after, you know, that is – or his – is his constant thinking of, of of trying not to turn over the ball. It's a lot to be thinking about. Like he said, he just said it in the in the press conference he just played, it's like, I'm thinking about 500 other things. So, uh some people were alluding to the fact that it was just overcoaching again. Right? Like I there was a there was a I forget I think it was yeah, it was the game Sunday against the Saints. And there was a, a, a they captured a moment between getsy and and Beijing. and it's like the game's about to start and it's almost like like your wife telling you to do like four other things after the main thing that she asked you to do you know she's like hey babe today really need you to throw out the garbage because uh, they're gonna you know the garbage men are coming tomorrow and you're like okay got it and you know what don't forget you got to do this, this 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 and this and you're like bro you cannot tell me these five things right now when I'm about to go do this. It's like not how it works. And that's what it looked like between Bajan and and, and uh, Luke Getsey. Where he's like, hey, don't forget this. And then you know what? We really want to make sure we do this. And <laughs> Don't forget this. And Bajan's like, got it, got it. So a lot of people were alluding to that. Where Tyson Bajan, you know, looked halfway decent in the beginning, and then all of a sudden, like, he's, regre- air quotes, regressed a little bit. And some would say it's just because there's more tape on Bajan. So you can, you know, Plan accordingly. And others would say it's, you know, it's overcoaching of a guy. Curious what your thoughts are. 312-644-6767. The phone lines are open. We got Robbie Triano producing today. So he's the guy you'll talk to uh, when you call up. But what were your thoughts? Thoughts on the Bears game? Don't forget, um, not only am I leading you into five o'clock and a, a whole day of Bears coverage, uh, but we got some great guests as well. It's a Plumbers 911 football Monday on a Friday here on 670. The score presented by BC Bank and It's Not a Game, Illinois.com. Olin Cruz at 7. DJ Moore at 8 with Mully and Hall. Anthony Heron and Tim Jenkins at 11 and 1 with Bernstein and Holmes. And then Jalen Johnson with Parkinson Spiegel at 5 o'clock. It's going to be a great day, but we are living in the present. And we are live and local for you. What do you think about this Bears game? Taking your calls right now. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez. And we'll talk to you after this on 670 The Score.
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: Meanwhile, instead of going for it on fourth down and long, it's going to be a 59-yard field goal attempt for Eddie Pinheiro. And Miro's kick is no good.
0: Started out with a draw. Looked like a make it through. No. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station.
4: That was Al Michaels there curating the miss by Eddie Panera at the end of the game. A little bit of time left on the clock. He posed the question and said, you know, hey, I wonder why they didn't go for it there. Fourth and 10, maybe get a little bit closer. 59-yarder seemed a little unreasonable. But the Carolina Panthers were 3-for-15 on the day on third down uh, when it mattered the most. Uh, so they weren't necessarily having much success moving the ball. And third and long situations were long to go, you would say. Uh, they were 3-for-3 thir- three three on, on fourth downs, short shorter situations. And that was happening in that last little drive anyway. Um, but nonetheless, missed field goal means the Bears get the victory and push Carolina a little bit closer to that number one pick in the draft, which we will very gladly pull up behind them and be like, thank you very much. I'll take that. And the Bears themselves got themselves a victory, a little boost of confidence. I think this is what we were thinking the Bears were going to do last season, like pile up a couple of wins, moral victories, make you feel good about next season, allowing you to enjoy a a couple of victory chickens on the way. (coughs) So you get this one. Defense plays well. You can look at them as a bright spot. You're, you're, you're waiting and salivating uh, with anticipation for Justin Fields to make his way back to see what this team could look like, you know, being fully healthy, right? With a Darnell Mooney there with, you know, your DJ Moore healthy, with maybe a Khalil Herbert coming back by the time the Bears get back. Um, with, a D, with an offensive line that looks healthy. Talking about the defense with the DBs coming back. Kyler Gordon looking like he's in, in midseason form. Just, I think most people are excited to see what this Bears team can look like if they're at full strength, and they'll get the opportunity to play some, some tough opponents. Get the Detroit Lions twice coming up. Minnesota Vikings are going to be facing a Cleveland team uh, that still has a good defense. And then the last three games of the season are going to be interesting. Atlanta, Arizona, Green Bay. That's going to be an interesting stretch run. Bears could see themselves falling down to, like, 15th if they rattle off a couple of victories, and it's very possible. Um, uh, but what did you think of the game? Bears defeating the Carolina Panthers, sixteen to thirteen. A lot of takeaways. I'm curious what yours are. Three one two, six forty four, sixty seven, sixty seven. Don't forget Dustin Rhodes kicking off the pregame show in just over a half an hour, leading you into Mully and Haw, who have Olin Cruz at seven and DJ Moore at nine o'clock. So make sure you're here for that. Uh let's go out to the phones though. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's go to Tracy on the south side. So Tracy, what are your thoughts on Justin Fields? Is uh Tyson Bates' play making you miss him even more? Tracy, you there? Yes, I am. Yeah, talk to me about Justin Fields. You missing him?
3: <laughs> yes, I am. Mr. Justin Fields. This this game was too close for me especially with the special teams' touchdown
4: made me nervous from the beginning. Yeah, I think that, that touchdown made you a little nervous. I think the, the game was a little too close for all of us, right? I mean, when you're thinking about the worst team in the league and trying to separate yourself from that designation, you really, you know, what, what do they say in sports? You got to beat, beat the teams you're supposed to, especially the bad ones. And But sometimes you play it on to the level of your competition. So I don't know which one it was for the Bears. Is it that they are just, in fact, down there with the Carolina Panthers, did they play down to their competition or are they simply just missing their starting quarterback? And the outcome would have been much different or by a larger gap, I should say, um, if Justin Fields would have been under center. Interesting. Uh, but I think a lot of us miss him, not just you, Tracy. A lot of us miss Justin Fields and we can't wait to have him back. I did my Bears Unleashed show on, or actually, no, it was Sports Zone with uh, Spiegel on Sunday on Fox 32 with Luke Canellis as well. And I, I, I said on TV, I was like, I felt like I've been, you know, with my side chick long enough. I feel like my, me and my side chick, we did our thing already. And now I'm ready to go back home and, you know, make everything right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because Justin Fields gives us that warm feeling, especially after seeing Beijing. We just want to see a little something. You want, to see how he, you want to see how he responds. It's not that you want more of Justin Fields, more of the same of Justin Fields. You want to see, is there going to be a different Justin Fields or a better Justin Fields? You want to see what version you're going to get for the last half of the season. I think that's what we're all anticipating. But now
1: you're going to toss him out to the, to the Lions, most likely. Yeah. Like you're going to. Like, you're a grown man. You got to figure swim, it out. Really, but.
4: You, you, this is the NFL. You want, it to, you want to win an NFC North, and you got to be better than the Detroit Lions. You need to take, he needs to get one of these games. To be very clear. Like, if you want me to have, like, if you want to be able to make any sort of argument towards Justin Fields, he needs to win that game. Because as Tyson Bajan pointed out, it is going to take a team effort. The Bears defense is going to continue to have to play well in order to curb the offensive explosion that the Detroit Lions are capable of. And then it's going to be up to Justin Fields to put points on the board. Got to score off turnovers. Got to you know, extend drives, time of possession. Things like that are important. You got to play a full game. But that's where the Bears are at now. It's no longer like, oh, I hope we win and I hope we put – it's like, no. You know, like, oh, everything has to go right for the Bears to win. No, no, no. Now it's like, play a good game, like Ibra Foos was saying. Play, play, a, play a well-executed game. Take care of the football. Convert on third and shorts. You know, play great defense. You know, score when you need to. Put points on the board. Like, those kinds of things, and, and you end up in victory more often than not. And that's what he's going to be tasked with. I don't care. Take his ass to the Lions. He better come out wearing a Lion coat.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I feel like I have to coddle Justin Fields. He's a grown man. I feel like yeah. like I want him to succeed so much, but I don't want to like, I don't know.
4: Yeah. I think we're all we're all there because again, I think it goes back to, you know, our original statements that we we're making from the beginning is that we all want him to be great. And so we we're like, Ugh, uh, uh. "But hey, you got to figure it out." And I think there's no better way. Put him in the fire. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines. 312-644- 6767. 67. It's Ramirez. It's a Plumbers 911 football Monday on a Friday. I'll just right, go to Tom out in Illinois. <laughs> Tom, where at in Illinois? Where are you from? Algonquin. Okay. Algonquin out there. All right. So what do you think about Tyson Bajan?
3: Yeah. Well, I just wanted to give a shout out to Tracy who just called. Southside grabber uh uh grabber head. Of course. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was good to hear from her. And uh, she, she's got some great ideas generally. And uh, what did I say? Th- I'm sorry, Gabe. What did you ask? No, me? that's
4: all right. You know, I just, I know you had some thoughts about Tyson Bajant. And I know a lot of people are indifferent about him. I'm curious what your thoughts are on him.
3: My thoughts are that uh, win the football game. And he won a football game. And he won a football game on primetime. And he won another football game at home. I don't believe it was primetime. I can't remember. But I'm big-time Justin Fields, big-time. And we still need help. We still need uh, personnel upgrades in and la- and various positions. But I was impressed with Kevin Jenkins tonight. Uh, the guy's a beast. I mean, I understand sometimes you're going to get beat, uh, pass protecting, especially when the scheme, uh, is not, it might not even be set up the way it should be. But his run blocking and the way, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Foreman was just, you know, he's in beast mode. That was fun to watch. And and then the young guy, uh, the, the little receiver, Taylor Scott, or whatever, and, and the, the way Bage is moving the ball, Mooney. Uh, Scott, the different commit, uh go ahead and get your main man, D.J. Moore. Absolutely. And uh, there might have been a few throws left out on the field. But basically, Gatsy's keeping it so close to the best. And, but I don't just want to talk about offense anymore. Their defense was outstanding. <laughs> it was. Their defense was outstanding, but I still say – and I don't want to, I don't want to, oh, I don't want to pigeonhole one guy, but, uh, Jackson, um, quit cheerleading and he made some good tackles. He made a couple of good tackles tonight. I admit, I do Jackson. I know Hampton ripped on him, uh, a while back too, but I want to see him, uh, reading the play a little better when he knows it's not going downfield, get in there, get in the mix. And, uh, because he's got, he's a hell of a talent. I just want to uh, teach his boys. You know, this is how it's done and stuff like that. And uh, we got to win and let's keep doing it. Oh, you know what I really love, Gabe? Talk to me. Everflus is Everflus post game. He didn't do like, well, I got to watch the tapes. I got He just talked from the heart, like I'm doing right now. He talked. I test. He was actually watching the game. You don't see that too much <laughs> from a head coach. That's funny. He was I mean, I know he was behind his menu his dinner menu a little bit, but he actually was watching the game. And uh you can you can base it on what he had to say after the game, praising the individuals. And and he even missed T J Moore. He even missed, you know, you can't name everybody when you're excited about a win and you're just letting your uh juices flow and I, that was the first time I really saw sock just come off the.
4: the, the
2: yeah, yeah, he, he had a, he had a, c- he had
4: a couple of moments, Tom, uh, where especially at halftime, when he had that weird smirk on his face and he was talking about things that he had up his sleeve. It just, it was it was, it was giving, like, I don't know, it's giving awkward for sure. <laughs> <laughs> just made me, it was giving me uncomfortable. It was really making me feel weird. And I, it, it didn't make me proud that that was my coach, i tell you that. I wasn't like, yeah, that's badassery. Like, I was just, like, embarrassed. Like, oh, no, no one's going to take us seriously in this situation. But, hey, I, I do like what he said to the team after the, after the game in the locker room. And you know what, I'm going to play that for you after the break. But I also want to get your phone calls. Thoughts on the game. 312, 644, 67, 67. I know you're no longer embarrassed to be a Bears fan. I was for quite some time. Uh, but what did you think about the game? How impressed were you by this defense? And uh, what did you think about the offensive game plan of Luke Getze? All your thoughts after this don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday on a Friday, right here on 670, the score.
2: And we're excited about this second
1: half. We got some things up our sleeve. So, did we see what was up your sleeve? Did you use it, or I don't know. What's up yours? <laughs> <laughs> you got me
4: there. Yeah. It's Gabe Ramirez on six seventy. The score. the The trick up his sleeve was a victory. Ah, Bears were down ten to nine at that point. And Flues did say he has some of his sleeves. Just wait and see. Sure enough, uh, they pulled the victory out of the hat. And Bears win 16 13 against the Carolina Panthers. You're listening to a Plumbers 911 Football Monday on a Viernes. It's Friday. Uh, presented by Busey Bank and It's Not a Game, Illinois.com. Got a, an amazing schedule of guests today. First in uh, less than half an hour, Dustin Rhodes takes over with the pregame show. Then Mully and Hall uh, got a nice little slate for you. Olin Krutz jumps on at 7. Joe Ford and Boss, 745. DJ Moore is going to hang out. I can't, I can't just glaze over that. But DJ Moore will be talking on this radio station in three and a half hours. Make sure you're here for that. And then Brad Biggs. Biggs time. 9 a.m. with Mully and Haw, Bernstein and Holmes, keep the party going. Not only are they going to have their thoughts, and Dan Bernstein wrote a great line. He said the uh, – I should have pulled it up and quoted it, but something along the lines of the awful Bears defeat the pitiful <laughs> the pitiful Panthers. This is just bad, though, all the way around. Uh, but they will be talking to Anthony Heron and Tim Jenkins at 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. respectively. Uh, Kevin Fishbane hangs out with them as well. And then uh, Parkinson Spiegel. Dan Weeder at 4, Jalen Johnson at 5. Just a jam-packed all-day, non-stop love affair uh, happening here on six seventy score. We hope you guys are a part of it. Uh, I am Gabe Ramirez, taking your phone calls all the way up until five o'clock. Phone lines are open. Robbie Triano's producing, answering them as they come in, uh, and feel free listening to your thoughts 67 six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's go out to Jim in Lockwood. So Jim, what do you think about the coaching? uh during the game yesterday,
6: uh hey, good morning, Gabe. uh First of all, I thought the defense played pretty good. They only gave up six points, but offensively it was horrible. Those coaches were coaching not to lose the game and to save their job. It looked like it that quarterback he was a different person this week. I know he threw a lot of interceptions uh weeks before, but man, he wasn't putting nothing down the middle, no ten fifteen yard shots anymore. The run game, I didn't think was that good either. Only 80 yards running. Now, that's a 3-4 defense, so that could be part of their problem, that they don't know how to scheme against it. But I thought it was horrible. And uh, the win by three points, they're lucky they came out with a win. I honestly thought we were going to have a tie. I really did. That been, <laughs> it would have been so funny that we that won to really win a tie.
3: But
4: that would have been the, so bears.
6: We're going. So, Jim. Hey, Jim thank you. I appreciate. Yeah. Hold him, on. Hold boys. on, Jim.
4: Hold on, Jim. Because I got a, I got a couple, yeah. couple follow questions for you. I mean, the defense did look great. That, that we can agree on. Um, what was your favorite part about the defense, though? Right? Because you know, you had some pressure up front. Couple of sacks. Got three on the day. You know, didn't have a turnover, but you saw, some, you saw some DBs get out there and, and play, play the pass well. What was your favorite part about the defense? I think their
6: tackling was much better. Because um, if they didn't tackle, I could have saw some. Yards going in the flat when they would put him out in the flat. So uh, the DBs came up. Uh, Gordon, I think Gordon played really good. Uh, Brisker played pretty good as well. I uh, didn't see much of Jackson in there, although is uh, he was on the field. But um, more to come on that one, I bet. Uh, but no, that was it. Tackling, they yeah. played a clean game. Let's just say that.
4: No, that was a, that's a great point. Tackling most certainly is something that stood out for the Chicago Bears on the defensive side of the ball. You saw, as you mentioned, Kyler, Kyler Gordon. Had make some exceptional plays. T.J. Edwards had a couple of nice tackles limiting the yak. And, yeah, I think the team as a whole, as a whole really did well. Somebody texted in and asked who led the team in tackles. It was T.J. Edwards. Uh, Bears had four pass deflections on the day. Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Jack Sanborn that dropped interception, as did Tyreek Stevenson. But it comes off on the stat sheet like a pass deflection. Um, three sacks on the day. Yannick Ngakwe had one. Rasheem Green was the beneficiary of one as well, as was Justin Jones. Um, the rookies played well, too. Javon Dexter, multiple plays where, you know, closing up some gaps, creating some some havoc. Zach Pickens, you know, same thing. Jack Sanborn doing what he always does. And then, uh, you know, Andrew Billings up the middle. It was good. You know, Montez Sweat didn't record a, a a like an actual stat, like a tackle or anything like that, but you saw the difference that he made for the Chicago Bears on defense. That, to me, was important. Um, Jim also brought up the fact that, you know, Tyson Bajan didn't didn't look like himself. Is that what it was? Is that what happened there? Tyson Bajan, 20 for 33 on the day, 162 yards. No interceptions, no sacks. And I've been mentioning it quite a bit. Justin Fields has never had a game. And I'm not saying to make this clear because I know you're just joining it and you're thinking that I'm trying to trash Justin Fields and praise Texan Bay. It's not what I'm doing. I'm merely pointing out that it is possible, right? It is possible in this offense with these coaches, this offensive line, these wide receivers, it is possible to have a zero interception, zero sack game. And I would just like to see that from Justin Fields. I'm sorry. Don't get mad at me. Uh, But Tyson Bajan, you know, he had himself a game. Dante Foreman had himself a game. 21 rushes, 80 yards, one touchdown. Um, Tyson Bajan, only 12 yards rushing. His over-under was at 22. So, a lot of people were bummed out about that one. Darnell Mooney couldn't repeat, didn't have a repeat performance of last week. Just two catches for 14 yards. Cole Komet did look good. There was a couple times where I thought Cole Komet was concussed. As was Tyson Bajan on that one play where they threw him into the ground. That was, that was a hard one. Um, and I thought to myself, man, that could be the case. Uh, Coach Eberflus talked about Montez Sweat and just what his contribution was to the team.
6: Good. Yeah, he's really starting to free guys up, you know, which is what a good rusher does. You know, it really starts to free guys up on the inside, on the other side, you know, because he draws attention. And, uh, you know, just the way he rushes. And, again, I think his impact is going to be more and
1: more as we go. One game in, no tackles. Do you still feel like – Two games, two games. He played a little, a little bit of the baby right. uh, the game before that. But go ahead. Do you still feel like the Bears made the right move? Absolutely. Because me, I am 100% all in. I'm on test sweat.
4: the Sweat. The guy's a superhero, right? When he's out there, he's huge. I can't say it enough. The amount of times – like when they showed that little package on him and it, every clip was him throwing – Bryce Young to the ground, and then you saw the amount of pressures that he had. It's the most since uh, Robert Quinn, Puerto Rican Bobby, uh, back you know some years back. So, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm 100. I mean, it even just off this game, you see w- what a difference he makes to the defense, right? Where other guys are able to get loose, where you know linebackers, if 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 he's garnering a double team or getting a chip block or a tight end on there. Linebacker has an opportunity to make a play like you saw with TJ Edwards. You've seen uh, Kyler Gordon, you know, have some gaps to to shoot through. Yeah, I'm not worried about Montez Sweat. I mean, and then again, listen, a sack is great. Who doesn't like a sack? Of course, but they're few and far between. I mean, if you have 10 throughout in the course of a 16, 17-game season, that and then you think about the amount of snaps you play, it's a very low percentage. But when you think about pressures, making the quarterback uncomfortable, whether it's via a blitz, or a one on one, you know, with a, with a, a D lineman. That right there is is what you really should be shooting for. Eight pressures. That's eight moments where where Bryce Young was uncomfortable and had to do something outside of the norm, right? Not have his feet planted and just throw it in rhythm and timing. Like that's what I really want. I want you to to disrupt the passing motion of 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 the opposing quarterback. So yeah, Montez Sweat. Uh, here for that. Sweat actually talked as well post-game, and he said that the Bears have a little something.
0: Yeah, they got swagger. Uh,
5: All these guys, man, I I really love, I'm like a plug-and-play I'm just going along with them trying to feed off the energy that they bring in.
4: And the interesting thing is that the Bears are feeding off of him. Imagine a player who was part of a well-respected defense coming over to the Bears, a team that Everyone on the defense is extremely confident. Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, he's out here doing Spider-Man moves. He really thinks he's Spider-Man. I mean, the defense has a swagger. That is, is true. But I think that they felt themselves a little bit more than they should have. And Montez Sweat comes and, like, immediately improves the defense, right? And everybody feels a lot better after that. So yeah, I think he's great. Uh, Montez Sweat continued and just talked about the performance of the defense as a whole.
5: But uh, I think as a as a defense as a whole, especially the back end, they did a great job. Uh, but yeah, I felt like the defense as a whole did a great job.
4: Imagine the imagine the back end of the defense. They've been dealing with somebody that, that like the amount of pressures that Sweat had in this game. It's like the equivalent of like the like the first four or five games for the Bears. So imagine the DBs when there's actually pressure being put on a quarterback and they get to capitalize on a bad throw on a you know on a on a, a a throw that's behind the receiver or too low, too whatever that might be. It just gives the defense more opportunities to create that turnover and we saw it. Tyreek Stevenson literally dropped an interception. It looked like he got blinded by the guy's hands for a second, but he dropped. But again, that's what pressure does. Another time, he turns around, great defense has a complete hand on it, you know? So, those those two instances, the Jack Sanborn thing, like close. Kyler Gordon almost had a pick six, close. But that's what pressure does, and that's where you affect the defense. Uh, but what did you think? 312, 644, 6767. It's Gabriel Ramirez here on 670. The score. It's a Plumbers 911 football Monday on a Friday, and we're taking your calls. Thoughts on the Bears? Are you feeling good today? Uh, let's go out to Adam in Lake Villa. Adam, what did, what was like your biggest standout, biggest highlight uh, from the game yesterday?
2: Yeah, Gabe, uh, first off, thanks for being there for us on uh, Score Overnight. And uh, a shout-out to two of uh, Les Grafstein's regular callers, Tom from Algonquin and Tracy from the south side. Great to hear them, uh, you know, uh, uh, chiming in. Uh, yes, uh, the defense, uh, uh, outstanding, uh, Gabe, uh, holding the Carolina to 13 points. A lot of pressures. uh even though, even though they didn't, uh, only three sacks, I thought they, uh, the pressure was great. And Tevin Jenkins, I wanted to call out specifically, Gabe. Uh, man, that guy's a monster on, on their, uh, love his aggressiveness, aggressiveness uh, and his mean streak. Kind of reminds me of former Bears guard Noah Jackson. They're probably too young to remember him, but Noah and Reby Sawyer, they were the blockers for uh, Walter Payton. And they both had that uh, mean streak uh, like Jenkins did. So I just want to commend Tevin uh, on his play. And uh, one more thing, Gabe, I'll take your thoughts first off the air. Um, um, someone said that he didn't think Justin Fields could take uh, the Bears to the Super Bowl. But I remember a former Carolina quarterback who kind of reminds me of Justin with his skill set. And that's Cam Newton, who took the Panthers to the Super Bowl. And I just want to uh, get your thoughts. Uh, do you see a uh, comparison of the skill sets between Cam Newton and Justin Fields? Thanks, Gabe. Yeah, no problem.
4: Thank you, Adam. I appreciate you calling in. And we are taking a couple more phone calls. I'm going to be hanging out with you guys for about another, uh, a little less than 10 minutes. I got a couple more. I got some time to take a couple more. Um, When you pull up Cam Newton's career stats, career 60% completion percentage guy, uh, averaged about 3,000 yards a year. The difference between, no, Seven about, he averaged about 17 tutties and 11 interceptions a year, so that's pretty, that's about right. Got sacked a bunch, ran a little. It's good. It's a good comparison. Good comp. Uh, but Cam Newton threw for 4,000 yards his rookie season. Wow. It's impressive. Um, And every year is, you know, yards per game is close to 250 every single year, except for the last couple with uh, New England and his return to Carolina. Um, so I think, you know, it's a, it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. Cam Newton though there's something different about him. He had a superstar quality to him. I don't know. He
1: huh. carried a whole Auburn team to a national literally.
4: Stars. Yeah. Literally. Love that damn game by the way. Uh, but it's a good comp. It's a hard it's hard to argue against that. I would, I would have to I would need a couple more minutes and like be able to do some research check out who is wide receivers were, check out what the defense did. How long had his offensive line been together? You know, what what was the coaching turnover? How how many years straight did he operate an offense? Like those kinds of things. You know, for me to make a a, a clear and complete assessment and comparison between the two, but I love it. I love it. Uh let's go back out to the phone lines. 312 644 6767. Let's go to Steve Steve, uh, were you more impressed with the Bears' offense putting up some points or with the defense holding the Panthers to 13?
0: Defense was tremendous last night. It's nice to get a couple of guys back that have been injured and they were flying around. I hope their future draft picks, you know, fit into the game as quickly as Stevenson has for the Bears because he's getting out there and he's getting it done like you said earlier. He just missed that pick, and he was blinded by the receiver's hands, but, <laughs> you know, I talked to you last Monday after the Sunday game, and uh, you were talking about the fact that Bajan seemed like week after week starting to throw a little deeper down the field, and it was seemed to be out of his comfort zone, and uh, I think you were right on last night. He was throwing short passes. and getting him done and Cole Komet was helping him out. He was, you know, making his block, getting off the block, getting free. And uh <laughs> you mentioned that it looked like Cole Komet might have been concussed. He got hit a couple of times pretty good. <laughs> he last got
4: night. some good hits yesterday, Steve. He got some good ones. But I love it though. One time he got up and he winked at the camera. And I was like, Yeah, you know, that's a badass bear that I like, something like that. But but Steve, let me let me ask you a question about the defense. Because yesterday I couldn't yeah. I couldn't help but to think about you know we constantly are thinking about the future of the quarterback position or what the offense looks like or who's going to be calling the plays, but but not often enough do we think about the defense. And last night I I thought to myself like damn how good can this defense be because there because Brian Poles is only only going to continue to add talent on the defensive side of the ball. And he said it when he first got here if the defense is good or as the defense gets better Justin Fields gets better right the team is better. Um, but how good do you think this defense can be? Like, what should I, what should my expectations be, even without even knowing what the additions are, but just knowing that they're possible? Like, how good can this defense be? Because they looked really good yesterday.
0: They were tight. And Sweat, you know, he just, like you had mentioned earlier, he just, he's only been here a couple of weeks, you know, and played last night and played hard. You know, if you were a tackle last night, you are tired this morning. There's no doubt in my mind. Or if you were playing tight end and had to try to block him, you are tired. That man is a—he's a monster. And I think that as a whole, the secondary is starting to come together. I'd like to see him play a little closer to the uh, wide receivers. I think we give up a little bit underneath. You know, playing ten-yard cushion. But you know, if that's—if it works, it works. Yeah, I, I agree right with
4: you. I, I was saying I—I I was, I, I was saying I agree with you, Steve. That. That, you know, it's, you got to got to keep putting that stuff together. But it feels good, and I think that's what everybody's doing. They're feeling good right now. Uh, let's go real quick to David on the Go Coast. David, what do you think about the Bears' victory?
5: I'd say um, I would just like to see uh, more of
6: Tyson Beijing, you know. I mean, I think you should just wait. What sit field.
4: What? And see what we have in the no, future. No, 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 that's it. No, we're not taking that. That was the last call. I'm not, I'm not even entertaining that. All right, you guys. <laughs> that's like the last call. I'm like, no, we did so well for five hours. That can't, That's my last call. Wow, oh, I'm sorry. No more Beijing, please, for the rest of the season. I would just love to just, how can you want more of Beijing? I want, I want to see what Justin Fields is going to do after sitting for this time. See what he's going to do with this defense. What's going to happen with this team? Ah, it's the telenovela that I, I can't get away from. Me and my abuelita, we're going to watch it on the couch together next Sunday. Or Sunday after that, I should say. Ah, this feels good, man. Got to thank a couple of uh, surprise guests today. Marshall Harris from CBS2 in the call. And then uh, Chris Emma jumping on at late night. Hopefully we can get these guys on a little bit more often. Want to thank Robbie Triano for holding down producing duties today. Great job today, bro. Good energy me feeling good. I feel like I was like, oh, yeah, man, I do feel good today. You have me feeling good, and I appreciate that. But don't forget, a Plumbers 911 football Monday on a Friday here on 670. The score, Dustin Rhodes jumping on at 5 o'clock to get you that pregame, and then some big names, heavy hitters throughout the day. Olin Krutz, 7 o'clock. DJ Moore at 8. Brad Biggs at 9, all with Mullion Hall. Then Parkinson Spiegel got Anthony Heron, Tim Jenkins, and Kevin Fishbane at 11-1 and 1.30, respectively, and then, of course, the big dog, Jalen Johnson. 5 p.m. with Parkinson's Spiegel. Make sure you're here for it. Mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time, I am Gabe Ramirez, and this is a Plumbers 911 Football Monday on a Friday, presented by Bucy Bank. And it's not a game, Illinois.com, on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your
0: way.